Welcome to Come Follow Me Weekly. My name is Heather, and I want to thank you for joining me today. I thought I would just start by introducing myself. Recently, I've had a calling change in the church, and I found myself with a little more time on my hands. So I thought, what could I do to make productive use of my time? And this is what I came up with. So I hope you enjoy it and that this will help you and me in our study of the Come Follow Me curriculum that the church has asked us to study. I don't know if you're like me. I am pretty busy. I sometimes get distracted doing other things, and it's really easy just to pass this off as one more thing that I don't have time for. But you know what? I think this is really important that we study this manual this year, and so I wanted to find a way that I could help myself with that and maybe in the process help someone else. This is the April 1st through 14th lesson. It's Matthew 16 and 17, Mark 9, and Luke 9. This lesson actually goes over two weeks because of general conference. And so I think I'm going to do part of the lesson this week, and then next week we'll come back and finish it up and talk about general conference and how it relates to this lesson. So let's get started in Matthew 16. The first thing that I thought was interesting The Pharisees and the Sadducees were talking to Jesus, and they were asking him for a sign. Now, they had seen many miracles, and Jesus was right there in front of them, and here they were asking for a sign. And he basically told them, aren't you looking for the signs of the times, or can't you see the things that are right in front of you? I'm right in front of you. Their demand was prompted not by a lack of signs, but by an unwillingness to look at what was right in front of them. And I thought about myself, do do I look beyond the mark? in things. Maybe the answers that I'm looking for are right in front of me. Maybe they're in the tender mercies that I see each day. I know the Lord is aware of me and the things that I need. Um, Maybe sometimes I'm looking too far for things that are already there. Then as it goes on in verse 5, his disciples are worried because they have come to Jesus, but they forgot to bring bread with them. And I think again, Jesus is a little dismayed at that because he reminds them of all the times that he helped them before when there wasn't enough food, feeding the 5,000 and the miracles that they had seen. And here they are worried that they don't have enough bread. This really reminded me of the talk by Elder Holland. Um, I think it was about a year ago in conference. It's called Lord, I Believe. And he says, except in the case of his only perfect begotten son, imperfect people are all God has ever had to work with. That must be terribly frustrating to him, but he deals with it. So should we. I love that. I just think Jesus was looking around like, what am I doing here with all of these people who don't understand what's going on? But I could relate with this too. How many times have I been worried and stressed about something? And maybe I've received a priesthood blessing or I pray and I feel peace. And then I go on and I keep being stressed and I keep being worried about the problem. I think it's a very natural thing for us to do, but it's so good to remember who's in charge and what he can accomplish and what we can accomplish with his help. Obviously, we have challenges in our lives that are worrisome and we have problems, but let's not deny ourselves the peace that can come from the Holy Ghost. Do we just believe in Jesus or do we believe him? Maybe that's a good question we can ask ourselves. Then the rest of chapter 16 is so good. From verse 13 to verse 28, Jesus is talking with his disciples. And in verse 15, he asks them, Whom say ye that I am? And Peter speaks up and says, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And I thought that was so touching because I feel like in that moment, Peter knew it in his heart. And you can just almost feel that as you read these verses. So here's a question from the lesson. How would you respond if Jesus asked you, Whom say ye that I am? 
we're all entitled to personal revelation. And I know that if we are earnestly looking for answers, we can find them. Even if all of our problems aren't immediately solved, I know that our Heavenly Father is aware of each one of us and that we can feel peace through the Holy Ghost. And to me, that is one of the greatest blessings of the gospel. There is a great story that is told in both Matthew 17 and Mark 9 about the father of a boy who, from what I gather, had an evil spirit in his body. Apparently, the man had asked Jesus' disciples to cure his son, and they were unable to do it. So when the father of the boy saw Jesus, he asked him, If thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. As a parent myself, I just think of the lengths that I would go to to help any of my children. So I can kind of empathize with the feelings of this man and the feelings he must have had about his son and wanting to help him. Then in verse 23 of Mark 9, it says, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Then going on in verse 24, And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. And of course, Jesus was able to help the boy and cast out the evil spirit. So in this powerful story, this father was desperate. He asked Jesus if he could do anything to help his son. They were suffering and he was at the end of his rope. So have you ever felt that way? That you were at the end of your figurative rope and you just pleaded with the Lord to do anything to help you in your situation? Do we have to have faith to move mountains to qualify for help? I don't believe so. The Lord will take us for who we are and where we're at at any time we can humble ourselves enough to ask for help and be willing to listen. And we know that when we pray, sometimes our answer is yes, sometimes it's no, and the Lord has a better plan for us than the one we had envisioned for ourselves. But sometimes the answer is not yet, and maybe there are things we still need to learn. The last part of this lesson that I would like to talk about this week is found at the end of Luke 9. Jesus is again with his disciples, and they come upon a few different men. And Jesus either asks them to follow him, or they ask to follow Jesus. But they're all a little busy. One would like to follow Jesus, but first he needs to bury his father. Now that's not a bad thing to do, right? I don't know this man's circumstances, but that seems like a pretty important thing to do. But what does Jesus say? In verse 60 of Luke 9, he says, Let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. So what does that say to you? What I get from that account is that there is pretty much nothing on this earth that should get in the way of us living the gospel, that nearly everything we deal with here on this earth is temporary, no matter how important or pressing it seems, but that the gospel of Jesus Christ is eternal, and we should do whatever is within our power to live it the best we can. Then in verse 61, another man says, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. Okay, again, this is not a bad thing. This man obviously cares about his family and his responsibilities. But again, I think what Jesus is trying to say is that we need to be fully committed to the gospel. Now, that's not always an easy thing. In fact, in this world that we live in, sometimes it's a really hard thing. But I know that we will find the most peace and receive the most blessings when we are willing to give up what we want for what the Lord wants. And I really think that that is a lifelong pursuit. It's something that we need to work towards and try for every single day. And in doing that, we become the person that the Lord needs us to be. Jesus tells the man, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. We need to be all in, don't we? I want to thank you for being all in with me this week. Hopefully, I will be back next week with some good insights from conference. Maybe we can talk about some new changes and talk about priesthood keys, which are another part of this lesson. Thanks again for joining me and have a great week.